Jump down to verse 20 to 25. All right. Amen. All there? Amen. Let us begin. About that time, King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some believers in the church. He had the apostle James, John's brother, killed with a sword. When Herod saw how much this pleased the Jewish people, he arrested Peter. This took place during the Passover celebration. Then he imprisoned him, placing him under the guard of four squads, of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring Peter out for public trial after the Passover. But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. Jump down to verse 20. Now Herod was very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon, so that he sent a delegation to make peace with him because their cities were dependent upon Herod's country for food. The delegates won support of Blastus, Herod's personal assistant, and an appointment with Herod was granted. When the day arrived, Herod put on his royal robe, sat on his throne, and made a speech to them. The people gave him a great ovation, shouting, This is the voice of a God, not of a man. Instantly, an angel of the Lord struck Herod with a sickness because he accepted the people's worship instead of giving the glory to God. So he was consumed with worms and died. Meanwhile, the word of God continued to spread. And there were many new believers. When Barnabas and Saul had finished their mission to Jerusalem, they returned, taking John Mark with them. Praise God for his words. You may be seated. Amen. As you take your seat, just help me announce this to your neighbor, to God be the glory. glory. If you can announce that to your neighbor, to the other side, tell him, to God be the glory. I want us to look at this historical book of Acts that gives us the history and the movement of Christianity and how it began uh, from the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that Christ gave to the disciples. He told them to go and wait and I will send power from on high so that you might be my witnesses. And the power we look in Acts first chapter eighth verse, you see how he tells it, but you will receive a power within the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I'm highlighting that because they're still in Jerusalem. The power of the Lord is, is spreading and impacting the people in Jerusalem. So much so that it got up to the king, Herod, who wants to please Caesar, that found out by killing John, it made the Jews, the opposers of Christianity, happy. Watch out when people who oppose serving the Lord get happy. A lot of them get happy when laws are passed and things are done that benefit them, but remind yourself that God is not happy. But I also want to point out to us, regardless of what litigations, regardless of what rulers or leaders can litigate and put out, it cannot stop the power of God. You look here, James dies, Peter is in prison, but the church prayed. It's a point for us to grab in that regardless of what happens around us, the church can do one thing. It sure enough can pray. We realize there's power in prayer because the power is showed up here so much so. I'm not going to read it to you, but I want you to grab in here that their answer to their prayer was knocking at the door. 
It's a joy to know that God can answer our prayers that way. That what they were praying for was knocking at the door. They they, they went into prayer. He's locked up. The angel of the Lord shows up, sets him free, opens the doors and walks him down. Not only did Peter could not believe, the people could not believe what God has done. Because what God is able to do is measure beyond what we can ask or think or even imagine. I'm glad that God can still wow me. And knowing that God can wow us, showing us that it says, look at this, it's about this time. It's showing why the gospel is going forward in Jerusalem. There's still opposition to stop it. Can I help somebody out? That there's opposition right now today. And still the gospel is still going to go forward. Regardless of the authority that people have on this earth, it does not supersede the authority that's above heaven and earth. And so what I want us to grab when we look at this, Herod gets upset that Peter escapes. He kills the guards as if he would kill Peter to have them the suffering that came upon him. Now we find Herod upset and angry again. They still don't know why he was angry at this providence, but he goes down because they got ear of his of his chamberman to help him out. Say, hey, Barsas, you, you good with us? They probably gave him some money. I don't know. They might have bribed or did something. Say, tell your king, come on down. So king comes down dressed adornly. Josephus says to us that he dressed himself in silver. Lined a robe with silver and the stadium that he goes into faces, uh, the people are facing west. So they're seeing the sun shining off him. So you can see splendor coming off him. He gives his oration and they get all excited and they say, this must be a God, not a man. And, 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 and you can see how Herod would desire such stuff. Because Herod comes from a line of all these hairs who are full of pride. Uh, full of ego. Matter of fact, Herod's have killed children, making sure nobody raised up to become the king. Uh, did not Herod, his, his, gra- his grandfather, kill, make sure that Jesus was not alive? But sure enough, tell your neighbor, God can't be stopped. He thought he had him stopped, but Jesus was still <laughs> safe because the Lord knows how to provide for his people and his word will continue on going forth. And you see, even to Herod Agrippa, this man was crazy and insane, wanted desperately to be like Caesar, to be a king, that he heard this proper, yet he is trying to stop the gospel because he desired applause from man and not having fear and reverence for God. When you look at this, Herod gives a speech. It does not say what he says. It says that they got excited because food's on the way. They were in a famine and they needed the providence to share with them the wealth. And so here it comes. But I want us to grab some principles looking at Herod. That Herod was concerned with his appearance more than he was concerned about how people received him. He thought, if I can make myself look good, I'll feel good regardless of how they feel. Because you see how he dressed himself up in a robe adorning. And, and you see how, how, how Acts makes it clear, right, that he put on, adorned himself in a robe and sat on his throne. He said, I am the king. Let me point myself this way. We have to be careful that we don't think of ourselves more than what we are. That we need to realize that the positions or the, pl- or the places that we may be is not because of our character, because of our talent, or because of what we think we may have, but only by the grace of God. 
Herod here thinks it's all about him, and, and so he's coming to speak to the delegates, and, and, he, and, and he wants them to know why he's there. And, and so when the day arrives, that Herod put on his royal robe, sat on his throne, and made a speech to them. The people gave him a great ovation, shouting at the voice of God, not of man. The second point we find out from here, not only is he concerned about his appearance, he's concerned about his own pride. We, too, have to be careful that we do not allow people to give us words and make us think that we're better than we really are. People can pat you on the back and tell you you're a great this, you're a great that, but you got to remind yourself I'm only great because God is great. I'm only am who I am because of the grace of God. You know, even Papa, I realize I'm good to the finish because I eat my spinach. He realized that it wasn't because I was strong, but something got inside me that made me strong. Can I help somebody out to drive this home? It's not because we are strong, but because who can get inside of us can make us strong. Go back to Acts first chapter eighth verse. It says, I'm sending you power from on high. He's given us the power of the Holy Spirit that regardless of what the enemy throws at us, he can't stop us. If you look closely here, did death stop Peter? No. He killed John the Mark, bless John. I'm sorry, he killed James, John's brother, but bless James that he died for the glory of the Lord. Peter was willing to die the same way, but yet God said they can't stop it. He thought because he appeased the Jews because they were happy because they stopped those who are coming and usurping the authority and sharing the gospel of the Lord. They thought that this was good news and they got excited. So here's said, hey, they like it. I'll give them some more. And yet you see what happened. God allowed Peter to escape. He didn't know what was happening. Great commotion came apart. He killed those soldiers. Now he moves on to the next part. This is all happening while the gospel is going forth. In Sunday school, they talked about Stephen. Stephen was martyred, but because of his martyrdom, what happened? They spread it out. And that was all by the work of God. Even when Stephen was dying, he wasn't mad. He said, Lord, forgive them, <laughs> for they know not what they do. And he said he saw the Lord uh, standing up. He was realizing that I'm doing this for the glory of the Lord. It's not that I will be remembered. It's not that I will be cared about. But it's that the gospel of Jesus Christ will go forth. And what happened was those who were persecuted spread it out. So now we got the gospel in other areas. You see how God worked it out. It's amazing if you look closely here how God works things out for our good, regardless if we think it's good for us. <laughs> was, it Peter, was it good for Peter to get arrested? No. You think Peter was happy? Oh, I'm arrested again. This is, this is like his third time getting arrested, just doing what he loves to do, preaching and teaching about Jesus. But regardless, he realized that Jesus already told him, this is the way you're going to go. He said, I can accept my faith. But Herod, in other words, is concerned about his pride and how he wants to be like Caesar. That he became friends with Caesars so that he can be in that position because no one's supposed to receive any praise but Caesar. Caesar likened himself to a God. Herod wanted to be such as great as his grandfather. His territory is just as big, but yet his ego is even bigger. And so look at the lack of humility. Do you see the lack of humility? They through ovations and praises at him, says he sounds like a God. This is not a man. Nowhere in the text does it say that he refuted that. He corrected them, says he's accepted that he embellished it. And we see clearly in the text, it says immediately, immediately God passed judgment. Understand that God gives grace to the humble, but he opposes the proud. 
God gives grace to the humble, but he opposes the proud. God gives grace to the humble, but he opposes the proud. You understand to oppose something is to be against them. Have you ever had somebody help you move something? Help you move a bed, move a dresser, move a desk, move something that's heavy? Do you not need them to work with you? And so the more they work with you, the easier it becomes. Even if you're going up the stairs, right, you have to communicate. All right, I push and you what? Pull. I was watching a TV show and sometimes they were trying to move this desk and they're in between the doorway. You have both men on both sides trying to move this furniture. And after a moment of struggling and, and witnessing and sweating, they got upset and just realized like, man, this is difficult to do. So they asked each other, so what are you doing? So I'm pushing, we're pulling. And so what happened was they thought they were working in the same direction, but they had opposition coming from both sides that nothing was moving. But can I highlight, and this shows that our God is bigger than that, that not only will nothing move, God will push you back. The ground that you thought you were going to make, he will knock you back because he opposes the pride, but he gives grace to the humble. When you build yourself and think you better than you really are, he is able to strike you down. So we have to be careful in our lives, that in our jobs, in our families, in our work life, they're realizing that when people applaud us and say, wow, how do you have it all together? You know, how's your family so well put together? How'd you get such a good job? How'd you get such a high position? It's an opportunity to point out that it had nothing to do with me. But by the grace of God, it was because he has allowed me. Now you have an opportunity for you to show his glory. Because if you look at Herod, we can see what not to do. So therefore, we can learn what to do. We understand that the moon reflect, refracts and reflects the light of the sun. The moon has no glory of its own. It only has glory was given to it. And we too realize that we have no glory of our own. Only was given to us. And so when somebody looks at us and see us shine, we let them know I'm not shining on my own, but somebody's shining on me. And so when someone's shining on us, it's an opportunity for us to show them who's shining on us. Says, look here, look here. I'm only shining because he's shining on me. And Cassius, Cassius, if I can see him, so can you. And if you want to know what it means to shine, uh, here are the steps that you have to do. That not only should you be concerned about your appearance, which more concernedly, you mean to be concerned about how God appears in you. So we must learn to humble ourselves and say, Lord, I, I come humbling before you and not be concerned about my pride against other people. But yet now I look at how can I boast in the Lord? So no longer am I going to talk about how great I am, but I'm going to tell him how great is my God. He's the name above all names. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is my provider. He is King of kings, Lord of Lord, Jehovah Shabbat. He is a host of hosts. He is mighty in power and victory. He is the King of glory. Amen. And then instead of having lack of humility, I have great reverence for him. When you have great reverence for God, you will fear, you will fear, you will fear others not having reverence for him because you know the ramifications. Just look in the text. What happened to King Herod? Because he refused to give God glory. Y'all see that, right? It wasn't because he murdered John. Look, look, look closely. He did not die after he murdered one of Jesus' 12 apostles. 
He did not die by killing one of the 12 apostles. The one that behold his glory, saw him walk on water, saw him feed the 5,000, seen him say, peace be still. He did not die because he did, but he did die because he refused to give God the glory. We need to realize that it's, 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 it's bigger than us. Tell your neighbor, it's bigger than us. That it's not about us and how we can applaud ourselves and look what I have done. But say, no, it's about us pointing to a God that's bigger, mightier, greater, awesome, and wonderful in every way. Amen. When Herod realized this, Josephus in his account says that I've been smoked by God. He recognized the judgment. He recognized what has happened to him. But even that, the, Luke, uh, the writer of Acts points out to us that the angel showed up. Y'all see that there, right? He could have said that he was just smoke. He could have said that. He could have said he just got struck down by worms and the worms ate him. But no, he says the angel struck him. That means that a manifestation of God showed to let him know that glory belongs to me, buddy. You done messed up. <laughs> and he was arrested at that moment and at that time, stricken by God to die a horrible death. We need to realize that God desires us to give him glory because we are made for his glory. We are not to receive glory upon ourselves, but to give glory unto God. Another translation points out that it does not say the word glory, but it says he died because he did not give praise to God. When we give glory to God, we give praise to God, which means we adore him. We thank him just for who he is, that his glory is his countenance and his character. And we reflect that. We also know about his Shekinah glory, but they're not talking about his Shekinah glory here because the Shekinah glory would have arrested her and he would have died anyway. His Shekinah glory was so awesome and so wonderful that when it showed up, people could not do anything but fall on their face. That was his manifestation presence. But yet here, they gave him glory. They gave him attributes, praise unto him as if he was a God, but he was only a man. God set him in his place. We need to remind ourselves that God can set us in our place. Jesus gave the parable that's better to be asked up than be asked down. Those who exalt themselves will be humiliated, but those who humble themselves will be exalted we see the difference here peter was humiliated in prison but he is exalted herod exalts himself he is humiliated and then look 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 after his death right you see who died pride died opposition died those against the christians died but what didn't die meanwhile <laughs> the word of god continued you, you see how the writer throws this in to let you know that it wasn't all roses. You know, we had some opposition. <laughs> they tried to stop us. They tried to kill us. <laughs> but meanwhile, <laughs> look, look, look how it says, verse 24, meanwhile, and chapter 12, verse 1 says about that time. Let you know while all this gospel and all this power is going forward, people were still trying to stop us, but still in the midst of it, in the meanwhile, during the time, after the time, before the time, the word of God spread. And there were many new believers. Do you see how 
opposition comes to stop and try to take the glory from our Lord, but they can't stop us. Because you see that when we rest on the word of God, that's what is moving forward. Now, we too, just as Peter and the church, that we realize that when the enemy comes against us, we know what to do. We can pray. Praying to the Lord motivates God to move on us. We've talked about it in our Bible study and in our, in our retreat that we didn't know from Pastor Elliot Renfro. He shared this to me and I liked it. And I said, I'm taking it. I'm borrowing it from me that God is voice activated. We understand voice activation in GPSs and your phones and in your cars. You can speak and it comes on. Uh, play, play my playlist or give me directions or call somebody. You, you, you speak and this machine uh, responds. You speak and this machine responds. And oftentimes the machine does not respond correctly. But when you speak to an awesome, perfect, infallible, Wonderful, amazing, throw in whatever adjective you want. Our God, he will respond perfectly, amazingly, wonderfully, awesomely, miraculously, perfectly, each and every time. And so when we look just as Peter and John and James and Paul and Barnabas, that regardless of who is against us, our God is for us. We will forever call on his name. And when people will pat us on the back and say, you're doing a good job, we will lift up his name because it's not unto us on God, but unto thy name be the glory. So when's next time somebody compliments you, just give them an opportunity to say, Let me, this is my, not, my time for me to give God the glory. When someone's saying, why do you feel this way? This is an opportunity for you to give God the glory. If you just took a survey of people around here, I guarantee you they'll tell you a story about how they can give God the glory. Talking to many of the members, I am always humbled and encouraged to, to grow in my faith to see how could they be fighting cancer? How could they have pain in their backs? How could they be losing weight? How can they have a heart that's failing but still have a smile on their face and praise his holy name? I was broken down and humble when I was with Mother Head and she knew the doctor told her there's nothing more she could do. But we're saying <laughs> how great is our God. I was realizing that, God, how can I be in such a place regardless of what I'm going through, regardless what my, my family is facing, regardless what my body is facing, how can I, just like them, give you the glory? So this is a challenge that we all have to daily realize that it's not about me, but it's about him. That if I want to be the, the husband, the father, the brother, the sister, the, the co-worker, the doctor, the nurse, the lawyer, the deacon, the pastor, whatever you are in your life, in your position, you realize that you can't do it by yourself. But by the grace of God, you can. And it's just an opportunity for you to give him the glory. That when somebody asks you what makes you so successful, you're going to point out it's because my God is awesome. He's why I'm so successful. Because we left to my own devices, I would have fallen short a long time ago. It was left to me by myself, I would have fallen short a long time ago. But yet, while I was a sinner, steaking sin, he died for me. And so that's why I serve him, because he did not save me for my sake, but for his sake. 
And so I want to be used to be a vessel for him because I was created for his glory. I can't allow people to come and compliment me as if, as if, as if I'm somebody special. No, I'm special because I'm in a, somebody's hands who's special. <laughs> Herod thought it was about him, but Peter knew it was about him. And, and Peter refused to them say anything else. He said, it was God who set me free. Anybody here can testify that it wasn't a job, it wasn't somebody, but it was God who has set you free? Can anybody here testify, realize other people said it was this, it was that, but you can correct them on the record, says no, it was God that stepped right in at the right time, because sure enough, he could have struck me down, but Jesus lifted me. The song says, when nothing else could help, <laughs> love lifted me. Is not God love? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whomsoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I think about that. I think about how God desires to give us glory. <laughs> Because we don't deserve it, but he wants to share his glory with us that we can know him and be like him. So the challenge for us is don't be like Herod. Don't get caught about what you think you have, the power you think you have. But be caught with the power that God gives us and the grace that he gives us so that we can be small, so he can be big, so we can be low, so we can be lifted up. So we can be in the position for it to, ref to reflect and refract his glory and point somebody else that says, you too can know him. You too can know peace. You too can know salvation. You too can know redemption. You too can know reconciliation. You too can know justification. You too can know his grace and his mercy. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. We just turn to him right now. God, we ask right now, Lord, that you arrest our hearts. Lord, we repent for times we made it about us. That, Lord, we took glory that belonged to you. Father, help us ever so graciously to be more humble, to be more caring, to be more gentle, to truly have more reverence for you. Father, Lord, arrest our hearts to realize, God, that all that we have belongs to you. And, Father, Lord, we are able to freely give back to you, O oh God, what belongs to you. And you are gracious enough to bless us, Lord, in such a way. Father, Lord, we pray right now that there might be someone here who does not know Jesus. The Lord, that they can confess right now. And you will minister to them and give them that same power, that same peace, that same grace, that they might know your glory. Father, Lord, we ask you to minister continually to us. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. All God's children that agree, say, amen, amen. amen. May we stand as